Forgive me if my voice is kind of getting crackly here, man. I was just giving it all I got to Jesus. Amen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> kind of crazy. <clears throat> ah, Well, here we are. We're in part two this morning of this new message series called The Time Is Now. Okay? Now, what we're going to look at today is, and I'm going to ask this question. You don't have to raise your hand because I know we've all been here. But how many of us in life have been discouraged? Think about that. You've been let down by people, individuals. (laughs) I hate to say this. You've been let down by church. I think we we are all in the same boat when I say how many of us here have ever been discouraged. That would be all of us. We have all felt let down and we felt almost backstabbed to a point in certain areas of life and, and in certain seasons. We've been hurt. My prayer, though, today is that you will leave here no longer discouraged. Because some of you right now are sitting here this morning and you're discouraged. Some of you, you have gone through recently maybe a season of discouragement. Where you've been frustrated and kind of a little bit agonized and not sure what's going on or what's happening and You know, there's times in life where we can get so discouraged that everything around us can be happening, but we're oblivious to it. Great things can be happening around us, but we have been so hurt or discouraged by someone or something or, or, you know, even sometimes we'll, we'll even give this great excuse, God's discouraged me right now because he's not answering a prayer the way maybe I want it to be answered or I've not felt his spirit in some time in the way that I expect to feel his spirit. And so we go through seasons of discouragement. Today, my hope and my prayer this week has been that before you leave here today, you will understand that we should not be in a season of discouragement, but rather God is doing something and the time is now for us as Christ followers to step up our game when it comes to him. We talked uh, a little bit last week about King Solomon and and that there was a... uh, a temple that he had built, the temple for God. And it was majestic. It was beautiful. People from all over the world came to this temple to come and, and to worship God. But even some didn't even come to worship God. But someone heard how wonderful this building was and how great this temple was. That people began to come just to look at this temple. It was so beautiful. It was so magnificent. But we also learned last week that during the death of King Solomon shortly thereafter, the hearts of the people began to turn from God. They became discouraged and distracted. You know, that happens with us when we become discouraged sometimes. We get distracted. We get distracted from the things of God. We get distracted from the house of God. We get distracted from relationships that maybe God has put together for us to to build us. You know, sometimes when we go through despair and heartache in life, those people that we consider as our Christ followers and our brothers and sisters that we come together with fellowship, it seems as if we become an absence to that relationship for a period of time because we become so discouraged and faint in heart. This is what happened with these people. They became discouraged and so they became distracted and they left God. They left their thought of God, their relationship of God, they kind of 
just pushed it aside. And God allowed a series of events to take place in order to get their attention again. You know, sometimes it's hard to gain attention for people. It really is. As a pastor, I know that. Sometimes it can be hard to grasp your attention. And so I'm pulling at straws left and right, trying to find something that'll get your attention back refocused. And so God was allowing certain events to take place with his people to get their attention. If you remember in the sermon last week, we, we understand or we, we found out that through the scriptures, we understand that they went through captivity. In fact, it was 50 years of captivity that God's people had gone through. 50 years that they were taken away from their homeland, from Judah. 50 years they were separated from what the ordinary life was and placed into an unordinary life. For 50 years they were taken to a place that was no longer comfortable for them. A place of despair. A place of discouragement. A place of even greater distraction than what they had already previously gone through. We also understand it was actually greater than 50. It was actually 70 years. 20 years, God allowed them to stay in their, own, in their own home. And then that last 50, he pulled them out. Why? To grab their attention. I wondered sometimes as I was going over this message, I was thinking about my own personal life. And I was thinking about the times where maybe God allowed me to become captive in a situation just to grab my attention again. Maybe he allowed me to go through a storm or difficulty or a situation or, or a problematic moment to grab my attention again. I guarantee if I begin to ask each one of you in this room, has that ever happened to you? If you thought hard enough, you could probably find a situation that you've lived out in your life where God allowed it to happen to do what? To gain your attention again. We understand that when you read this story in the book of Haggai, which we're going to get into here shortly in just a few moments or greater, but we understand in this story that after the 50 years had expired, God allowed a certain remnant of people to go back into Judah. In fact, it was 50,000 people or so he allowed to go back in. And, and they were met when they went in. They, they had hopes. They had dreams. They had expectations to do something great. And that was to rebuild God's temple. Because when they were taken in captive, that temple was destroyed. It was no more. There was nothing left of it. So while they were in captivity, all they could think about was going back and rebuilding that temple again. Remember, the time is now. But all they could think about was getting back to their homeland and having an opportunity to once again rebuild God's temple. They were excited. They had great expectations. They had their future all set out and laid out. They were anticipating great things. We understand that when they got the opportunity to go back into, into their homeland and they began to build that temple, the word tells us they got to the foundation and they got that taken care of. And then they got to the, 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 the altar and they got that built. But then they did something. They began to look around at what they built. And it became faint in heart. And not only did that happen, but then we understand that they came under, uh, against a conflict came in. Diversion came in. We understand another group of individuals came in and, and said, you know what, we're not going to allow this to take place. 
And so when they came in, here's what they did. They threw their hands up and they said, you know what? We're not going to do it no more. We're done. We're absolutely done. The moment opposition came into their life, we can under, the moment opposition came into the situation, distraction happened. And they could no longer continue to fulfill what that dream was. They no longer were able to fulfill what that vision was that they had. So the scripture tells us what happened. They, they took their hands off of it. They stopped building that temple. No more. And then we can continue to read in the scriptures that it says that they took their attention away from God's house, God's home, and they took it to their own home. Now they became more concerned with their own livelihood. They became more concerned with their own possession that they put away what God's desire was and what God's plan was. Why? Because they faced some opposition. And so now they took their attention to their own agenda. Their own agenda became important. Why? Because their own agenda did not take on opposition. It did not equal conflict. The Bible tells us that in the following scriptures, it said that they began to build their homes and it called them paneled homes, which means in that time, luxury homes. Putting the nicest that they could possibly put in. I mean, after all, they didn't have their own home for 50 some years. So here they are having the opportunity now in their minds to do something great. And so they're going to take the advantage of it. We're going to push aside God's desire. We're going to push aside God's plan. And we're going to fulfill our own agenda. Does that sound familiar? We're going to take a look this morning at Haggai chapter 1. Verses 13 and 14. This is what the scripture tells us. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger... Gave the message of the Lord to the people and said, this is what he said. Now I want you guys to understand this. This is good news, okay? This is encouraging. It says, then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the, of the Lord to the people. In other words, they, they were distracted. They were discouraged because they didn't finish what they started in. They took their attention to something else. So they were living in some discouragement. And listen, this is important for you and me right now. Because we go through seasons of discouragement in our own life. And this is a word from the Lord. Haggai gave, he said this, I am with you. You need to highlight that. You need to underline that. You need to do something to remember this every day in your life. When you go through times of discouragement, you go through heartache. What you need to understand is the same word that Haggai gave to the people of God. And that was this. The Lord says this to you this morning. I am with you. I don't know what storm you may be going through. I don't know the difficulty that you may be in, but God is telling you this morning, I am with you. I don't know how many people you've disappointed. I don't know whether you've disappointed yourself. Maybe you've disappointed those who are closest to you. You've let them down. I don't know that. But all I can tell you this is that God is with you. You may be up to here in, in the storm. You may be completely submerged and you may not see a way out of it. But what you need to understand this morning is God is telling you this. Regardless of your situation, regardless of your tribulation, regardless of the problem, regardless of whatever your reputation might be because of your defiance of God's desire for your life, God still says this, I am with 
you. Now, I don't know about, we could end the service right there and say, you know what? The Lord has spoke this morning. God is telling you today, I am with you. It goes on to say in verse 14. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shatil, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. Understand it. Do you understand? I, I'm one of this. So the Lord stirred up. <laughs> you need to get stirred up. Some of you are sitting here like you're dead. I'm struggling. Some of you need to understand God is telling you in your storm, I am with you. That alone should begin to stir you up inside of your spirit. Understanding. Mm. Wow. Okay, I'm so glad I'm getting this. All right. Let's continue. God said, stir up. He stirred up the spirit of the governor. He stirred up the high priest. He stirred up what? The people. Think about this for a moment. This is one of those questions, again, where I don't want you to raise your hand. I want you to think, has God ever laid something in your heart? No, it's awesome. Not, not yet, dude. He's like one, all right? Doesn't count. But think about this. Has God ever laid something for you to do in your heart? Oh, okay, let me, let me wipe that question Away because some of you are going to be like, well, that was just me thinking of Pastor Kevin. Okay, forget it. Have you ever had a thought go through your mind that you were to do something good for someone, maybe even start a ministry, hello, a life group, that would be fantastic. Maybe to reach out to help somebody within your own family, congregation, right? Maybe to do something for your neighbor. Has God, forget it, have you ever thought of this on your own? Because that's the only way I'm going to be able to communicate to you today because that's all the way you're thinking right now. Those thoughts were not yours. Come here. Tommy, come here. Put your phone down. You're on Facebook. Come here. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is my brother. All right. Just, just come this way, son. son. I'm old enough. I can call it. I can say that now. All right. This is my brother. Okay. I don't do this. And this is not planned. Just stay. All right. If I know he's going through a hard time, and he's going through a struggle, and I have the resources that I can help my brother Tommy out, and it's laid on my heart to do something to encourage him and to help him out. And right away, oh, you know, that's just me thinking that. He doesn't, he's got a dad who will take care of the need. He's got other friends who could step in. And so you know what we do? We justify that thought saying, oh, that's just me thinking it. I hate to tell you this, but some of you have been ignoring God way too long. God is stirring something up inside of every one of you that you have ignored far too long. If I continue, I might be the only one that could get through to this young man when it comes to Christ. I know you're serving Christ. I'm not calling you out there. All right, but I might be the only one that could ever get through to, through to this young man through that thick skull because I know he does have that. All right. <laughs> I was his youth pastor. I know things. But if I'm the only one that God has called me maybe to make an impact in this young man's life, but yet all I want to do is justify, oh, that's just me thinking it up. Surely, God, you don't want me to help this hoodlum out. 
Now, that's just messed up, isn't it? You can sit down. You can sit down. Thank you. God will often stir up your spirit. God's going to give you the hope to accomplish. Do you think Satan wants you to help someone? Do you think, as sinister as he is, that he wants you to start a ministry? To, to join Kid City and to help them or to his way or you, you play an instrument or you got a great voice? Do you think Satan wants you to do that? To build the kingdom of God? No. Do you think that's your own thoughts running through your mind? No. What did God say in that scripture? It said that God stirred them up. Some of you have been stirred up for far too long. And God, look, the time is now. That's all I can say. That the time is now. They came. They began to work on the house of God. They thought to themselves, you know what, we can do this. We've got a plan. We're going to build an amazing temple. It says one month goes by. And what happens? One month, they fizzle out. They had one of these big religious festivals and one of these big religious holidays. And so people were gathering to the makings of this great temple or supposedly great temple. And they began to come around and, and they did something that we do a lot of times in life. They began to compare. They began to compare with what they were building compared to what was at one time. Let's be honest. How often in life do we do this comparison? You know, we're going to go after, we're going to do something. We're going to do something great. We're going to accomplish some great feat. We're going to be successful. We're going to do something marvelous. And, and maybe you, you actually begin the work. Remember, go to the mountain. And you get there, and then you get tired. The first moment of opposition, the first distraction. What happens? It pulls your attention away, and you begin to fizzle out. We think to ourselves, we can build this temple. We can accomplish this great feat. We can do something great. But then one month later, they fizzled out. God had Haggai ask them this one question. Haggai chapter 2, verse 3. It says this. Who of you is left? Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it seem to you like nothing. Hmm. There's two causes of discouragement. The one is comparisons. And the second one is a lack of progress. These people were doing just this. They were comparing their start with someone else's finish. What do you mean, Pastor Kevin? This is what I mean. The temple was destroyed. It was gone. No longer existed. And they had this great responsibility, this plan, this desire to rebuild this great temple. And so they go to build it. 
And while they're at this religious festival that's happening, they begin to look and they begin to do something that we do often and that is compare. Think about the things that you compare that you have compared to others. We do that. Sometimes we do that and we don't even realize it. We'll compare relationships. We'll compare marriages. We'll compare children. Oh, you know, my children, they go to school and they're lucky if they even have a bag lunch that, that looks somewhat decent. This, this family gets baked goodies every time. You know, this marriage, it's like they never have an argument. Me and my spouse, we fight all the time. Right? Some of you are getting it. We compare. This guy buys a car brand new every other year. I'm driving a jalopy. We get caught up into comparing. You know, look at their clothes versus my clothes. You know, they must have a large bank account. I'm constantly overdrafting. Yes. Yes. I love this guy this morning. Man, he's going to be a preacher. We compare constantly. You know, and what you need to understand here is when the word of the Lord came to, to Haggai, he was approximately between 70 and 75 years of age. So he understood this question very, just exactly how it's being said. And, and so what had happened was, do the math, they were in captivity for 50 years. So therefore, he was probably in his early 20s, late teens, when the temple was destroyed. So there was a remnant of people who remember how glorious the temple was. And now there's a remnant of people who might be a little bit younger, who never knew what the temple was. But all they're getting fed by other people is how lack theirs is compared to what Solomon had built. And so what has happened now is discouragement has set in. What can we learn from that? That is this. Shut your mouth. You have no idea what God is trying to do in someone's life. Instead of tearing them down and looking at the negative in their life, you need to build up what God has planted there in their life. That was not in my notes. But you need to understand something. You might have a better way of doing it, but guess what? You stalled on God for so long that he's found someone who's willing to do it. So you have no business interrupting any longer. Instead, how about put yourself in the situation with them? And help them fulfill the dream and the plan and the desire that God has placed there. There's relationships that need help. You might have a young couple coming to you and they could be distracted and they could be having marital problems. And they could come up to you and, and they could, you know, t tell you everything that's happening. And, and you could sit there and tell the one and say, well, you know, what? it's a hopeless case. You could forget about it. Just write them off. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I believe God can heal a marriage. I believe God can intervene if both parties are willing. 
You, you, you could sit there with, instead of you know, seeing an individual constantly buying and buying and buying and buying, but yet you're going to talk to your brother or sister about it and talk about how much they're buying and buying and buying and buying. Maybe you should step in and say, you know what, hey, I'm noticing something here. There's a trend and I'm just a little concerned. How can we help you out? Are you following me? You see, the time is now. I think for far too long, we as a church have kind of sat down and, and, and forgive me, but don't forgive me at the same time. But we take our hands and we sit on them and we say, okay, God, move because I'm not moving. I need to see you move before I will move. Do you recall what God told them last week to do? It was three simple steps. It's exciting. It was three simple steps. It was this. Just ignore it if you can. Number one, go to the mountain. Number two, bring down the timber. And number three, build the temple. God said, don't worry about steps four, five, and six. Don't worry about what comes after. All you need to do now is do what I'm telling you to do. Go to the mountain. You know, I, I reflected this week. I wasn't here in the early stages of this church. I wish I was, but I wasn't. And Pastor John Thorne would tell me, I think there was a couple people who might have come here and I think there was some land and they put a stake in it and said, this will be, paraphrasing, this is God's land. It's going to be a great house of the Lord built here. What interests me is that that was a set of people who were not doing this when it come to their relationship with God. It was not a set of people that said, okay, God, you're going to have to build it. You're going to have to do it. We're not going to do nothing until it's complete and ready to go. No, that's not who these people were. These were real people who said, you know what, God? We're going to go to the mountain. We're going to bring down the timber. And we're going to build the house. Now, what's interesting, though, is that somewhere along the way, these people who were willing to do what was needed for God, kind of transformed into the latter. The ones who are sitting on their hands and saying, God, we will not move until you move first. I think we need to change our attitude and understand that God, from here on out, we are going to that mountain. We are going to get that timber. And we are going to build that house. Now, I don't know what that is for you. I don't know what God has planned for you. Only you do. But what, my word to you today is don't stop. You keep moving forward. I don't care if you go two steps forward and ends up being three steps backwards. You continue to put your motivation to go forward. You continue to seek God and pray and, and seek his face and go after him. I'm going to jump way off of this now, okay? Forgive me for the scriptures. You're going to be off, all right? So here's what happened. Here's what happened. 
God said a few words to them. He said this, be strong. Be strong. You might feel weak right now. You might feel inadequate. You might feel like you cannot accomplish what God has laid on your heart to do. God says, forget it. Be strong. Regardless, be strong. The second thing he told him to do, he said, now do the work. Do the work. Now, this is where it gets interesting. I love this part. The work means, you know what? You take a block and you lay it down. People come around, oh, I can't believe you're doing this, blah, blah, blah. You ignore it. You do the work. You take another block, you lay it down. That's what happened with this church, wasn't it? Am I right on that or am I wrong? What happens? The people came back with another block and they laid it down. Maybe family said, I can't believe you're involved. I can't believe you're going to try to start a ministry. I can't believe you're going to get involved in this ministry of the church. Forget it. I'm laying a block. I know what God's told me to do, and I'm not going to allow distraction to happen. I'm going to lay a block. And you look at that block, and other people come around and say, but you know what? The ministry that was back then was far greater than what you're trying to do. I don't care. I'm laying another block. God's got a plan. We're going to fulfill the plan. We're going to fulfill the desire regardless I don't care what you have to say. I'm going to lay the block down. And you know what? God said something else to them. Not only did he say, be strong. Not only did God say, do the work. But he said this, I'm with you. I'm with you. This, you you've not thought this up on your own. The desire that's in your heart to do something for someone, for your family, for this church, for God, whatever it is. God's saying, I'm with you. Be strong in it. Do the work in it. I'm with you. Lack of progress, who cares? I, stop comparing, who cares? I'm going to lay one block at a time, and I'm going to continue this journey when it comes to my relationship with Christ. I'm going to continue this journey. You know what? We're ending our fast right now. Today is the last day of our fast. Thank God, right? <laughs> I'm, see, I'm falling away, man. Today is the last day of our fast. This morning, I woke up. I've been doing a devotion for 21 straight days. Some of you have seen it. Some of you have not. But I put a devotion out on Facebook for 21 straight days under the church Facebook page. If you don't like it, you need to like it. A lot of great information there. It's a great commercial. Every morning, I would get up, and I'm just like, God, what, what do you want me to say today? I, I have no idea what you want. Just give me the word. I'm going to type it. We're going to go with it. This morning I got up and I was just like, God, this is so awesome. It's done. Today is done. What am I going to tell the people? What kind of devotion do I put out there today? All I can think about is the message I got to speak on. You got to give me something. This is kind of difficult. All I could think about was this. Some of you have laid a lot of blocks in the last 21 days. That does not need to stop. Some of you have laid blocks when it comes to prayer. Some of you have laid blocks when it comes to the word. Some of you have laid blocks when, with relationships. And my, my advice to you today, and what I want to encourage you to do this today is this. Don't stop. It doesn't stop. You've done a physical cleansing, but more importantly, you've done a spiritual cleansing. And God is going to what? See what you've done in private, and he's going to do what? Reward you in public. Because why? We were just like Jacob. I'm not letting go, Lord, 
until you bless me. Right now, we're laying the blocks. We're laying the foundations. We're building the altars, the dreams, the hopes, the desires, the plans that God has for your life. You need to stay in those spiritual disciplines. You cannot fall short. You need to stay strong, surrounding yourself with like-minded individuals in the fellowship who will continue to encourage you and to build you up. See, we need to continue to lay the blocks. The Old Testament and the New Testament are interesting. Because in the Old Testament, you had to go to the temple and offer a sacrifice and hope that it was pleasing to God. That's what these people were doing. They were building a temple somewhere that they could go offer a sacrifice, hoping that it would be pleasing to God. They were going to the temple because the temple is where God resides. The temple is where God's spirit was. And so they understood in the Old Testament that the closest I can get to God is when I get near or get to the temple. But everything changed in the New Testament. Instead of us needing to go to the temple to offer the sacrifice for it to be pleasing to God, we are the temple. God has offered the sacrifice already for us. And yes, he is pleased. Everything flipped. But what does that have to do with what we're talking about? These people are building a temple. God's encouraging them along the way. He told them to what? Go to the mountain. Go up the mountain. Gather the timber. Build the temple. He told them to what? Be strong. Do the work. Because I am with you. That was the Old Testament. We are the temple. What is our responsibility? To continue to build this temple. That means every day go to the mountain. Every day gather the timber. Every day build the temple. Every day what? Stay strong. Every day do the work that is needed. Why? Because God is with you. God is with you. So yes, you know what? You may have been in a a season of discouragement. But what you need to understand here is this. God is with you regardless. He says don't stop. Don't halt. Don't pause. The moment you say I need to take a break is the moment you're done. The moment you go, you know what? I need a break from Sunday today because my week has been toast. You know what? Then The next week and the next week and the next week it's going to become so much easier. The moment you say, I woke up late and I can't go to ESPN Sports Center, you know, I got to go there first before I get into the Word. <laughs> the moment you do that, it's over. The moment you go, I don't have time today to spend that, you know, 10 minutes in prayer to God because my schedule is so full. And then what? The next day it gets easier. And then it gets easier. God is saying this be strong, you're not weak. God is not weak. You're made in his image. Therefore, you're not weak. Understand this. The same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is the same power that is inside of every one of us. You are not weak. 
Stand with me this morning. This changes everything. You don't have to be strong and do the work on your own. Because God is your strength. God is your strength. He's the one holding you. He's the one carrying you through this. The scripture tells us is this, and I say this a lot, but it says this. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Every time you put down a stone in his name, you're glorifying him. When you serve someone else, you're glorifying him. When you love someone, when you love your spouse, when you love your kids, you're glorifying him. We should no longer be discouraged. We should understand that regardless of what you're in right now in life, whatever mess you have created for yourself, God is still with you. He's not gave up on you. God loves you. So here's what I'm going to do this morning. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want you to hear these words, that if you are discouraged today, remember, God came to you. God offered the sacrifice for you so that you could be right with him. But he's not only with you, but I want you to hear this. God is in you. His Holy Spirit is in you. His love is in you. His compassion is in you. Therefore, you can do anything that he calls you to do. You see, he said a few words to those people through Haggai, and he said, God stirred them up. God's stirring right now. He's stirring you. He's, he's flashing, you, flashing back in your memory those moments that he wanted you to begin something. Those moments maybe that you need to get involved in your church and you needed to get involved in an outreach com- service of your community. Or you needed to get involved with another family to help that family or whatever it is. Those thoughts might be running through your mind right now. And God is saying, listen, don't be discouraged. What, is, what was, it's, it's over. Today's a new day. Today's a new moment. Today, I want to start a brand new in you. Let's wipe the slate clean. Let's start the block one at a time again. And not give up this time. Don't give up. You see, for the people of Judah, as they were rebuilding that temple, they were comparing their temple to Solomon's temple. And Solomon, we understand, was what? The wisest man ever to be on this earth. He had relationships that tied him in to all the resources that he could ever want. We may not have those outward resources, but we do have this resource, God. And that's the only resource you need. So God is saying this morning, who's willing to begin to lay down those blocks? Who's willing to say, you know what, God, yeah, I'm willing to start afresh today. I'm willing to do this thing again, whatever those desires were. Because remember, he's telling us the time is now. The time is now. We've we've pushed aside far too long. We've ignored the call 
far too long. We've delayed far too long. God's saying, the time is now. Let's stop. And then let's start doing what he wants. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, that's my question to you. Who's willing, if you just slip up your hand, who's willing to take that challenge this morning? Lift your hand up. Wow. Hands are up all over this room. God, right now you see the hands, but Lord, you even see the hearts of the people. God, you see the desire that's inside of them. You're stirring it up, God. I pray, Lord, that they will lay awake at night until they begin to do the work that you've called them to do. I pray, Lord, that you make it uncomfortable for them until they do the work that you have called them to do. God, that they would begin to lay down the block. When discouragement comes, they will ignore it. They will lay down the block. When people say that's impossible, they will ignore it. They will lay down the block. The moment that distraction comes in, they will ignore it. They will lay down the block. But Lord, we are a people who will go after you, God, regardless. Regardless of our surrounding circumstances. Regardless of the thoughts that may run through our head. Lord, we are committed. We are a church, Father, who is committed to fulfilling the Great Commission. We are a people who are willing, Lord, to build the temple in us, God, where you reside. My prayer this morning, Father, is for everyone in this room who is willing and wanting you, Father, to, to intervene with them, to help them, to be included with them. God, my prayer today is, Lord, be with them. Give them the resources necessary. Surround them with encouragement. Help them get through the storms because storms will come. We understand that. Anytime, Lord, we're trying to do something for you, anytime we're trying to do a project, period, there's always opposition. But God, carry us through the opposition. Help us see our way through the other side, Father. So God, I'm praying right now, encourage them, Father. God, as we leave this place today, let us take your spirit, Lord, that we have felt so strongly in this service. Let us take that encouragement, that help, that joy, that love, and make an impact in our life, our surrounding lives, Lord, that we're involved in every day. God, as we leave this place today and we give our offerings and our tithing to you, Lord, may it be used, God, to grow your kingdom and to build your church. Lord, that we can outreach to families, Lord, who are in need. That we can develop new and greater ministries, God, that will intrigue people to come into your house and to have that relationship with you, God. Father, as we leave this place, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray, and the church says, amen. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Go Falcons.